let's pray. God, I just thank you that you're here with us. You are real. You are alive. You are powerful. You're not a God far off, but you're a God within us. Holy Spirit, we ask for your agenda this morning. We lay aside all of our ambition, all our agenda, and we say, have your way. Lord, I just pray signs, wonders, and miracles would take place today. Lord, as we preach the word, power goes forth. Put put your hand on your heart. And we say, God, you would make this word so prophetic for each one of us. Say, God, make it prophetic for me. Speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak to us. I pray as the word goes forth, it would go deep in our hearts and take root. We don't want just another good message. We want to be transformed. We want to hear your voice today. One word from the Lord can transform our life. I thank you, Lord, that we hear your voice. Your sheep hear your voice, and you love to speak, and you are an excellent communicator. So I just pray that the stress of the week, that the, the thoughts of this coming week would be silenced, and we would hear your voice. We have come to encounter you. We need you. We need your presence. We need your voice. We thank you for the supernatural. And we say we love you. We love being your kids. You're the best, Papa. You know what we need. Even before we can ask for it, you're already providing. So we thank you that you're doing miracles even now. Healing's taking place even now as you're moving. Everything changes in your presence. So we just wait. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We submit to you. Use me today. Let me articulate your heart. I thank you as I teach, authority and power is going to come forth. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, so... I'm going to start with Ephesians 3.20, and then I'm going to take us on a journey this morning. Ephesians 3.20, I'm going to read out of the New King James Version. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power within us. There is a power deposited in us that is capable of doing exceedingly more than we can even think or imagine. A supernatural. Okay, I want to read it in the Passion Translation. Ephesians 3.20 in the Passion Translation says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. Is that in the Bible? <laughs> wow. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. I am talking about a power that's not far off, it's not in heaven, it is in every single one of us. And it's constantly energizing us to do the supernatural. Your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, or your wildest imaginations. God's saying, I can outdo them all. I can outdo them all. 
with the power within. Clearly, there's more to tap into. <laughs> Do you agree? I am not doing my wildest dreams, my craziest imaginations. I'm not there yet. But this challenges me to dream bigger. This challenges me to tap into the power within and do all that God has called me to do. Okay, so I want to take you to actually the Old Testament and uh, share a story about Saul. So turn with me to 1 Samuel 19. And I'm going to kind of recap so I don't read the whole chapter. But Saul was the son of Kish. And Kish was a very influential man. He was part of the tribe of Benjamin. And Saul was his son. Well, Kish was a businessman, and he lost donkeys. He lost some donkeys, so he told Saul, his son, hey, take a servant and go find the donkeys, okay? So Saul's on this journey. He's traveling. You know, they don't have cars. They don't have airplanes. They walk or they're on donkeys. So they're traveling miles and miles and miles to find these lost donkeys. Days go by. They don't find the donkeys. And he tells his servant, like, hey, we better head back home. They don't have text. They don't have cell phones. So he can't say, hey, Dad, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm still alive. He said, we better just go back because now my dad's going to be more worried about me than these donkeys. And, um, and then the servant says in verse um, 6, well, I just thought of something. I have an idea. There's a man who lives here in this town. He's held in high honor, and all the people go to him because what he says comes true. Let's go ask him for help. Okay, the title of my message is called More Than Donkeys. <laughs> and they want to go to this prophet, and this prop, prophet just represents, I would say, in the Old Testament, there was prophets. In the New Testament, we're all prophets. I mean, we can all prophesy. We're all servants of God, but we're all children of God, and we have the Holy Spirit. And he said, let's go get help. Well, so then they go to the seer, who this is Samuel, okay? And they go to Samuel, and it goes down, and it says, um, Saul just approached Samuel and asked, can you please tell me where the seer's house is? Okay, so are you following me? They were going to go home. They couldn't find the donkeys. Let's leave the donkeys. The servant said, I have an idea. Let's ask this prophet where the donkeys are. I, ha I have an idea. Let's ask for help. Saul's like, okay, let's ask him. So they go, they find the seer, they ask this guy, uh, where's the seer? He said, I'm the seer, come to my house. And this is so interesting in verse 19. Listen to this. I am the seer, Samuel replied. Go up on the hill ahead of me in the place of sacrifice and we'll eat there together. In the morning, I will tell you what you want to know and I'll send you on your way. And... Don't worry about these donkeys that were lost three days ago. They have been found. I am here to tell you that you and your family are the focus of all of Israel's hope. Saul was asking and requesting something that was so limited to the earthly need. You know, what was going on? And it was so interesting because, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, Saul is honoring his dad. He's doing what his dad asked to do. That's amazing. And Kish, his dad, was being a good steward. 
He lost his donkey. He's going to find him. That's amazing. But it's so interesting because Saul, uh, when Saul went to Samuel, Samuel said, I, I want to tell you what's in your heart. I'm going to tell you what you want to know. He said, I'm going to tell you what you want to know and send you on your way. And don't worry about the donkeys. They've been found. And what he's saying is, yeah, Saul, you, you want to know about the donkeys, but I want to t- I'm going to tell you what you really want to know. There's an eternal question in your life. Is there more than donkeys in my life? What is my purpose? What am I called for? Is there something greater than this? I'm going to tell you what's really on your heart. And he went, went, went to tell Saul, you're called to influence, to reign, and to rule. That is what God has called you to do. And that is the same purpose that is on our life. So I want to talk about getting past the donkeys. Um, Samuel said, I'm going to tell you what's on your heart. I'll reveal to you what God has put in your heart, what God has really purposed you for. I know about the donkeys, but there's so much more God wants to show you, to influence, to rule, and to reign. I'm going to tell you what you really want to know. God has deposited in each one of us gifts and talents and purpose that we can only fulfill when we seek it out. It doesn't happen automatically. This life gets so busy and we get so bombarded with life, we just can get into the emotions of life and never really tap into the gifts and the calling on our life. And Saul, Sammy was saying, yeah, you care about the donkeys, but actually I know what's really in your heart and I'm going to tell you what that is. And that is the same that God wants to do with every single one of us. There is so much more that's in your life and I want to show you what you've been purposed for. I, I want to walk in that. I want to get past the donkeys. We are called to influence from an unseen realm. Every single one of us needs to get past the donkeys of life, which I say is the cares and worries of this world. And it's not like the donkeys go away. We have jobs. We have tasks. Like, I get that. But it's that that is not the driving force of our life. Do you understand? That is a vehicle to get to where God wants us to go. We have to do daily that. I'm a mom of five. My life is very busy, but in the midst of that, in the midst of my daily tasks, can I be influencing? Can I be changing the world? Can I get a, uh, an answer from the unseen and move it into the scene? Can I move in the prophetic and the signs and the wonders as I'm a wife and a mother and a pastor, as I'm going to the grocery store, as I'm getting a coffee and I'm meeting somebody, can I give a prophetic word that would change somebody? The answer is yes, all of us can. We can move supernaturally as we're doing the natural things. That is what we're called to do. That is why we're on earth. Can we go find the donkeys? Yes, but there's so much more than the donkeys. And and for those who love animals, God loves animals. I'm not saying the donkeys aren't important. (laughs) But human souls is the most important thing to God. And you and I, every single one of us are called to influence. I just want to tell you that a title doesn't make you an influencer. Jesus Christ in you has called you to influence. That is the only title you need. We're a son and daughter of the God Almighty, and he lives in us, and every single one of us is more than qualified. And there's so much we're not tapping into. 
There's so much more that he wants to do, and he wants to use every single one of us. So Matthew, turn with me to Matthew 6, 25. That the daily life, the cares of this world is not our driving force. Matthew 6, verse 25, it says, So I tell you, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or clothes. Life consists of more than food and clothes. Look at the birds. They don't need to plant or harvest or put food in barns because your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you, you, aren't you far more valuable than they are? Can all of the worries, can all of your worries add up to a moment of life? No, of course not. Why do you worry about clothes? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothes, yet Solomon in all of his glory was dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he surely care for you? You have so little faith. Don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothing. And I want to tell you something. This doesn't mean that we don't work. <laughs> and God's just going to bring down manna from heaven. This means we work hard, but God is our provider. Amen. It means we don't have to stress. Yes. He is our provider. We do what God has put before us. We work hard, but he is going to supernaturally provide and take care of us. So don't worry about not having enough food or drink or clothing. You know, God takes care of every animal on earth. How much more is he not going to take care of us? You are made in the image and likeness of God. He loves you. He will never let you go without. So don't worry about tomorrow. So don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothes. Why, um, why be like the pagans who are so deeply concerned about the donkeys? Okay, so deeply concerned about these things. Your heavenly father already knows what you need. And he will give you what you need from day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. When God is our primary concern, what's on God's heart, and I want to tell you what, what is on God's heart actually will bring you the most joy and satisfaction in life. He is such um, a selfless God that actually what he has created for you to do will so satisfy you. And so when we tap into that, we will never be more happy. We'll never have more peace. And we're going to see the supernatural moved in our lives that he is our main concern. Everything we do when I'm mothering God, how do I do this? What is your answer for this? I, I want to influence when I'm a wife, wherever I go, that the kingdom of God is my primary concern. Now, I have to clothe five kids, and inflation has been crazy. But that's not my problem. That's what the Bible says. He tells me not to worry, not to worry about inflation, not to worry about how I clothe my kids, not worry. I just do what God has called me to do, and he's going to take care of those things. These are such earthly problems, and God wants to use this for heavenly, heavenly solutions to bring to earth. But when my mind is so concerned about this stuff, I can't even tap into the supernatural. God is more than able, and he's not just more than able. He wants to. He loves providing. He loves protecting. He loves speaking. We have to get past the seen to the unseen. 
But 90% of us live in this scene because it seems so overwhelming all the time. And it's a lie of the enemy. We are created for the supernatural. You are created for the supernatural. It's in your DNA. It's who you are. We are not from this earth. We're here temporarily. And we are the answer to this world. But it's really hard to be the answer when we're so stuck on earthly things. And I get it. I know there's challenges. I'm not saying there's not. But I'm just saying Jesus has the answer for every challenge. Like he has it solved. He knows. He knows what's going to happen to us tomorrow. And he has the answer. He's not worried. He's actually excited to use you beyond your wildest imaginations if we can get past the donkeys and get into the unseen. And it's for every single one of us to do more. He's called us to influence, to rule, to reign. Every single one of us. And somebody's like, well, I'm not a leader. I'm not a leader. Yes, you are. God Almighty lives in you. How could you not? It might look different than somebody else. It might not be in a pulpit. It might be doing something else, but you are definitely a leader. You have to be. God who created heaven and earth resides in you. I mean, that, I still can't understand that thought, right? That he lives in all of us. We are capable of so much more when we get to the end of ourselves. The kingdom of God is where your destiny is at. What does that mean? What does that mean? The kingdom of God is where your destiny is at. Does that mean we're all called to ministry? Well, yeah, but ministry is in the marketplace. Actually, yes, we're all called to ministry. We're all called to do the work of God. Whether, whether you're a teacher, whether, wherever you're working, we are all called to do ministry wherever we're at. But the kingdom of God is when God's dreams for you become your biggest goal in life. When God's dreams for you become your biggest goal in life, that is where destiny is at. That, that is living in the kingdom of God. Okay, so this brings me to my biggest point of the message. 1 Samuel 9, 6 through 10, and I read this. But what was so pivotal for Saul was when the servant said, I have an idea, let's get help. Because he was willing just to go home. We can't find the donkeys. You know, my dad's going to be worried about me, and, and I get that. But his servant had a great idea. He said, there's a really smart person. There's a wise person. There's a prophetic person. There's somebody we can go and ask for help, that he can help us. This was so important because they invited somebody in and got advice. They dared to ask for help. It, it, that's huge. He was willing to say, I don't know what to do. I don't know. And a lot of people don't like to say that. Because <laughs> it's humbling. It's humbling to ask for help. I think there's two types of people. There's people who have struggle in life and they reach out for help. They're willing to be vulnerable and humble and take advice. And there's those who struggle in life but stay in pride, try to fix it themselves, and stay in struggle. Everybody struggles. If you live on this earth, you're going to struggle. Everybody feels inadequate from time to time. Every single one of us don't have the answer right in front of us. Every single one of us need to ask for help. Upgrade happens in community when we pull on each other. It keeps us humble. 
And humility is so very good, and it keeps us vulnerable. You know, vulnerability means that I'll let you see me fully. And that's risky business, because I don't know what you're going to do with that. If you see me fully, are you going to judge me? <laughs> right? But the only way to live wholeheartedly, the only way to tap into destiny is to live in humility and vulnerability and ask for help. That moment of Saul asking for help changed his whole life. He could have gone home. But there was an answer beyond the earthly need. And God always has that. You might be asking, hey, I'm struggling in finances. I'm struggling in marriage. But it's always more than what you think the problem is. God will go way deeper to upgrade your heart, to use you for greater influence. Everyone struggles. Everyone hurts sometimes. I know sometimes we can see people and we think, ah, they have it all together. Life is so easy for them. Nope. (laughs) We're on such a broken world. But I think the healthiest thriving people are the ones that will be vulnerable, humble, and ask for help. That is it. That is why they're successful. Not because they have all the wisdom, but because they'll see something in somebody else and say, help me. I don't have it all together. I don't know it all. And go to the Lord and say, help me. I need an answer from heaven for this earthly problem. I'm not going to react in fear. I'm not going to make an emotional decision. I'm going to wait on the Lord and see what he has to say. When emotions are high, it's really easy to make a decision. I know that the worst decisions in my life were made out of fear. We got to do something now. We got to do something now. Anytime you feel that pressure, that is the enemy. God never puts pressure. And man, I mean, like Lazarus, you know, his best friend, he was three days late for that miracle. Time means nothing to God because he is out of time and he redeems time. We think we got to move, we got to move, we got to move. And God's like, whoo, chill out. Let's wait, get you in peace so you can hear my voice. It is really hard to hear God's voice when you're emotional about something. That's why I like to pull somebody else in. I think I'm seeing this wrong. (laughs) This is what I want to do, but I know I shouldn't. (laughs) Can you help me with this? Right? Somebody who's not so emotional about it. Proverbs 15, 22, it says, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. And you know, in the Bible, it says, um, so our ways seem right to us, but God determines the heart. I mean, something can look so right and feel so right, and we could be so wrong. Has that happened to anybody? It's called the flesh, and the flesh is loud, and it feels good, but it's so wrong. And usually when God speaks and the Spirit speaks, your flesh will be offended. That's how you know it's probably God. But it's so right, and it brings such eternal blessing into our life. Vulnerability and asking for wisdom is huge. And that doesn't mean that we go to people who are struggling in the same area. (laughs) Or people have no fruit in their life. (laughs) 
because all they're going to do is validate you and not help you. Like, it's really easy to talk about our problems with people who have the same problems because that's not vulnerable, right? You are to somebody who doesn't just say it, but you see it in their life. You see the fruit in their life. You go to them. Senior saints, that might be a really good group to go to. Friday night. You might have some people sneaking in that are not age appropriate, getting wisdom. Um, I'm saying this from experience. Ben and I had so much passion for the Lord. And I learned that passion does not mean wisdom. You can be so passionate for God and you want to do all this for God, but the wisdom wasn't there. We got married young and, you know, and when you're young, you don't really want advice. (laughs) You think you know it all. The older you get, the more you realize you don't know it all. Has that happened to anybody? You're like, (laughs) and I feel like for Ben and I personally, the most pivotal time in our life is when it was the first time we asked for help. I share the story. The story is very funny, but it was like something in our marriage. We just couldn't see eye to eye, just couldn't see eye to eye. I'm not going to tell the story, but it's very funny. And Ben feels like I throw him under the bus when I tell him, but no. So I'm not going to share it. But we couldn't see eye to eye, but we, so we knew, okay, we're not going to move. We're not going to make a decision. So we pulled somebody in. And it was the first time in my, our marriage that we did this. And God not only answered what we needed, but he actually went, um, you know what? I have time to share it. Let me share it because it's such a testimony, and I'm not going to throw them under the bus. Okay, we're early, we're, we're married, and we're working for a ministry, and our housing is included in the salary for this ministry, okay? One day I see a notice that the house is in foreclosure, but the ministry has not told us this. I am pregnant with our third baby. So I had three in three and a half years. So we have little babies, and I'm thinking, this ministry is about to go under. I need a house, and my husband needs to get another job. And I was like, babe, you need to get another job and find us a house. Like, we have got to move quickly. At the same time, Ben got an invitation to his favorite aunt's wedding in Cancun. He said, okay, great, but we're going to go to this wedding first. No, I don't care about that wedding. Like, we need tickets to go. Cancun, that's not even on my radar. Get me a house. Get me food for my babies, and if there's extra, we'll go to Cancun. Well, he was like, and the thing is, Ben was, it wasn't that he wasn't being a good provider. It's that he really did have supernatural faith, and I just was not there. And I was like, I need to see my house first. Anything, apartment, anything. I'll settle for anything. (laughs) Just give me a house. And mind you, I'm eight months pregnant and a little hormonal, okay? So that's all I care about. So we bring in a couple and, you know, I'm just telling them and crying and tell them to get a job and tell them to provide. And Ben's like, God can do both. We'll worry about it when we get back. I'm like, I don't want to be homeless. (laughs) So this couple sits down with us and they're just listening. Like we're going off for hours. Okay. Mind you, we've never asked for help. So now it's years of, (laughs) few years of, you know, venting. And um, they, so when we were done talking, they looked at us and said, can God not do both? I'm like, hmm, yeah, 
he's able to do that. He said, okay, Ben, I want you to stop thinking about the wedding, stop looking at tickets. I want you to do everything you can to get Kara a house, like work on what she wants. And Kara, I don't want you to look for houses, look for jobs for your husband. All I want you to do is focus on the trip, plan the trip with God. So we both started fighting for what was important for each other. And our focus was off ourselves. That was hard. That was really hard. I'm like, I'm looking for tickets. Like, I, I'm looking for houses. No, no, I'm looking for tickets. And then I struggled. But I got there. Within three weeks, so the wedding, I think, was in four weeks. Within three weeks, Ben had an amazing job. We had a house. We had no deposit for this house. But this guy loved us so much. He didn't, we, didn't have a, we didn't have to have a deposit. It was in Val Vista Lakes. This house was a miracle house for seven years for us. Ben had an amazing job. And then we were at church, and somebody at church came up to Ben and said, Hey, the Lord told me to give you airplane tickets. Do you need to go somewhere? We had airplane tickets given to us, and then Ben's grandpa said, I got this extra condo in Cancun. Do you need a place to stay? God provided all of this. Then we get home from the trip in our new beautiful house. $800 cash was mailed to us anonymously from somebody. Do you see how God can do more than you're even expecting? Now, just so you know, that was years ago I have grown to faith. My faith was so small. But that, that helped me. Like, wait a minute. I'm settling for a house. Yeah, that's important. The donkeys are important. But Ben didn't want to miss out on this wedding that his aunt was waited for a very long time to get married. His favorite aunt, and he's so relational. And can God not do both? Not, not only did God do both, but we came home and we had like rent money for the next month. God is so good. He can do exceedingly more than we can even dare ask, think, or imagine if we would just believe. Just believe. But I had to push the donkeys out of the way. And the donkeys are important. I needed a house. But God is more than able. Amen. Your gifts and talents and destiny are revealed in vulnerability, humility, and, and community. It's where we're upgraded. I don't believe we ever get to the exceedingly more without community, without allowing somebody in. Because we'd become too prideful. We're the body and we're connected together and we need each other. And God loves all of his kids working together. And not just anybody, but true spiritual fathers and mothers in our life. And this is not a plug for Ben and I, because we don't know it all. But I'm telling you, if you're a part of this body, they're here. They're amongst you. There is somebody here that has something for you, and you have something for somebody else. It's within us, in community, in vulnerability, in humility, is where we're going to tap into our destiny and what we're called to. The supernatural. There's such an epidemic of fatherlessness in our nation, but also in the body of Christ. And I get it. There's been a lot of people hurt. There's been a lot of bad leaders, and I get it. But we've got to call the orphans in, and they need to be mothered and fathered. Every single one of us needs a spiritual mother and father. I need a spiritual mother and father. I need somebody to, to see past what's going on and speak into my life. Somebody that I can say, hey, you can look at all of me, and you tell me where there's air in me. 
where I'm missing it because I want to upgrade. I want more. I want exceedingly more than what I'm doing. What we're doing in this church this year, in 10 years, I want to be doing exceedingly more. God can use us to eradicate human trafficking. God can use us to do great things. That's what we're called to do. And it's in community that he's going to do that. Okay, I'm going to end with this story. Um, real quick, when there's a big or difficult decision or problem in your life, I'm asking you to get help with somebody that you trust, somebody that you trust, somebody that you look up to, maybe somebody who's been through that. Who went to the breakthrough retreat? I keep hearing amazing stories from the breakthrough retreat. I mean, people were vulnerable, willing to go to this breakthrough retreat and say, hey, I want more. And guess what? They got it. They got it. Like these things, these opportunities that we can go to, take them if the, if the Holy Spirit's leading you for breakthrough. Okay, I heard a, a really amazing story um, yesterday, a testimony of this man named Jamie Winship. Has anybody heard of him? Okay. Um, Jamie Winship, when he was, he, he always wanted to be a police officer since, since he was 14 years old. In the 11th grade, going into his senior year, he was in a wrestling um, accident, and he got severely hurt and was in, rushed into emergency surgery. And the doctor told him, you'll probably never play, play sports again. And then after surgery, it's like you'll probably never pass the physical to be a cop. Well, he was devastated. And he said the only view of God that he has was this is God's doing. If there is a God, then he allowed this to happen. And he was so bitter. So he started going to physical therapy with a physical therapist. And he said that this physical therapist, I loved how he said this. He said, her identity was larger than her vocation. Her identity was larger than her vocation. And every day she worked to help his body heal, but she would work on his heart. She said, Jamie... Your body's going to heal, but your spirit will never heal without Jesus. And Jesus can take all that anger and all that bitterness, and he loves you. And every day he would just cuss her out. The whole time, just cuss her out and yell at her. And he said she would walk out of the room and say, okay, bye, Jamie, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> day after day after day. And um, when he was released, there was something in him, and he said, okay, God, if you're real, I want to be a police officer as she is a physical therapist. Use me for more than just being a police officer. Well, 23 years old, he gets radically saved. He went to go find that, that nurse, that physical therapist. He never found her. He goes, I can't wait for heaven to tell her how my life changed. 23 years old, he's in the police department, and he starts getting supernatural answers for earth problems. He's just... He's just, um, you know, a uniformed cop, and he, God is giving him insight to the worst investigations that they can't figure it out. It's like the Holy Spirit's like, it's in the trunk. He calls the detective. I think it's in the trunk of this car. It's there. And, and he's doing these supernatural things. Well, by the age of 27, Homeland Security calls him, and he says, what are you doing? Like, how are you solving these cases? Like, you're not even a detective. And he said, okay, I, I'll tell you, but you're not going to like it. Okay, just tell me. He goes, I asked the Holy Spirit. I pray, and he tells me. 
He's like, you're right. I don't like it. But he says it's working. Will you work for Homeland Security? They sent him to Muslim nations for 16 years, solving the worst and the worst cases. There was a case here in the United States. There was a, a huge cartel, a gang thing going on. And he, him and his partner said, okay, God, how would you handle this? And God said, okay, I want you to take the head leader and bring him to your house and lead him to the Lord. He goes, ah, yeah, that's not going to happen. Like, that's not even safe. And then he realized that is probably God because it goes against everything I would do. And it's because he had a prophetic word, just so you know. Don't bring people to your home without the Lord. He brought him home. He gets radically saved and brings in all the evidence and brings down the entire cartel. There was another gambling with the Chinese, and the Lord told him, that's his wife. Take her to McDonald's and lead her to the Lord. So he took her to McDonald's an hour, gets her into true identity, leads her to the Lord. Then she starts hearing God. tells her that what they're doing is hurting her people and saw her bigger than what was going on. And she brought in like all the ledgers and they brought that all down. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. Jamie is still with donkeys, like a job, right? But moving in influence in ruling. Do you understand what I'm talking about? He was bringing down some of the biggest Taliban conflicts just by listening to heaven and bringing it down. To me, that is God doing exceedingly more abundantly than I can ever ask, dream, or imagine. I don't know about you, but I, I don't need a bigger house or a fancier car. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. I like nice things. But heaven is my mansion. I have streets of gold there. God can still bring all that, but it can our focus be on kingdom and what God is doing? And he'll add everything else to us, everything we need, that our focus is on that. Those raises and promotions and income, God can bring it to you. He wants to bring it to you when we're focused on first the supernatural. And nothing on earth will, never, will ever satisfy us. So stand up with me today. I, I just want to pray. I want to pray specifically over people who they just feel like the donkeys are so big in their life. The, the task in the daily life seems to be wearing you down and you have something written on your heart. You know there's something deep down saying, I know I'm created for more. I know there has to be more than this. And for those who know they've already tapped in to destiny, I'm telling you, God is just getting started. So I want to pray over you. If you feel like you want them more, would you raise your hand? I want more. There's something deeper I want to tap into. I want to be used for the supernatural. So God, you see our hands raised and we say we want more. You would speak to us and tell us what is really written on our heart. Every single one of us have something different, different talents, different callings, different giftings. 
And Holy Spirit, you are the one to reveal it to us. And we push back the cares of this world and any identity that we put into this world. And we surrender to that. Holy Spirit, I pray even now that people would start getting words of knowledge, words of wisdom. I pray visions. You would lay on their heart what you want them to pursue. Lord, I pray that our identity would be larger than our vocation. That we would bring heaven answers to earthly problems. We would tap into the unseen and the supernatural. Lord, I pray that we would start dreaming bigger, asking bigger, believing for more. Lord, that our lives would bring you so much glory. We would not waste our lives on the enemy's schemes and his lies. Fear and worry are from the Lord, or from the enemy. Peace and joy is the kingdom of God, and we are called to live in peace and joy. And I just want to break off anxiety this morning and stress. That overwhelming feeling. A few months ago, out of nowhere, I just felt this, this overwhelming heaviness on my life. Overwhelming heaviness. It's like I, I couldn't get a break. I couldn't get a break. And I know some people feel like that all the time. And I just break that off in the name of Jesus. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And I break that off you. The enemy has no authority over your life. Move him out. We take on your yoke, your burden, God, which is peace and joy and destiny and supernatural. Every single person here is qualified because of the blood of Jesus. It's not about title. It's not about how much you know. It's about Jesus. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Lord, I pray we walk out of this place a new man, a new woman. Something's changed in our hearts. Lord, I pray for supernatural favor on our lives. Supernatural favor. Just receive from him. We thank you, Lord. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you. Have a great week.